Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am glad you're here. And so many of you have been supportive of the podcast, and I have uh, received your messages where you have listed your top podcasts for 2020. And I am so glad to be in the number for so many of you. I'm grateful for your presence. And we have many co-journers and supporters, but I have to give a special shout out today to Charles Turner. Charles Turner let me know that he was the number one fan of the Homecoming podcast. And you know, many people can say that, but Charles Turner has actually memorized some of the episodes. So I have to give him a big shout out for the support and so glad to meet you virtually. Uh, He is a law student at Howard University and is going to be doing wonderful things in his present and his future. So we are cheering for you, Charles, and thank you for being on this homecoming journey with us. And I'm also glad we have a poetry submission and several of you have sent in poems. So we are covered for the next couple of episodes, but you all keep sending them at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. And today I'm going to read the poem from Jalea Parson, Jalea Parson. And it reads, healing is doing everything you've ever been afraid of. It's looking your anxiety in the face and telling it that it doesn't own you anymore. Neither does your shame. Healing is knowing that this time you're good enough. Healing is remembering you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. Because what is anxiety? For me, it boils down to being afraid that I won't be accepted for me. Not the me everyone wants me to be but the me I truly am. That moment when what you really want to say, your truth is on the tip of your tongue and your heart and soul and spirit are begging you to say it out loud so someone else can hear it. And it can exist outside of just in your own mind. And you hesitate because your ego wouldn't dare let you talk like that. Healing is saying it anyway leaning into the uncomfortable and showing yourself it's okay. Because what are you really afraid of that you'll really start to feel? And when you do, that you won't know what to do with them and how to handle it? Yes, it's because you've never had to. You've made it so you could never reach yourself in search of approval from others who may not have even met themselves. So heal, baby. Be selfish in a way that nourishes your mind, body, spirit, and soul. No longer in the way that nourishes and spares the ego. Let go of all the expectations 
and fly. Yes, so beautiful. As so many people ask, what is healing? And Jalea has presented it to us so thoughtfully, poetically, and beautifully. So thank you so much, Jalea, for your poem. And we will continue to share your pieces here. So I appreciate you all sending them in. Well, for today's topic, we're going to talk about healthy relationships. And when I say healthy relationships, I'm including all relationships. So how to have healthy friendships, how to have healthy romantic relationships, how to build healthier relationships at work and in your family life. And I know this can be challenging for many of us on the homecoming journey for people in general. And so these are some tips to keep in mind as we try to foster healthier relationships. So the first piece that uh, I want to name is the importance of having uh, the priority of your wellness and your care. Because what Jalea was speaking about is sometimes we are afraid to be ourselves. So we are presenting to people who we think they will find acceptable. But instead, I really want us to think about the ways in which we can love ourselves enough to show up authentically, that we can provide enough care for ourselves, that when we show up, we come uh, with a real piece of grace and compassion and uh, our authenticity. And so that is why so much of the homecoming journey has talked about coming home to who you are, because once I come home to who I am, I do not want to abandon myself or erase myself, even in the context of relationship or with the hope of getting to be in a friendship or relationship. And so being uh, mindful of my well-being being mindful of my identity will allow me to show up in that relationship space with more truth and groundedness and wellness. So to really consider who is the you that you are presenting and showing up as in these various spaces. And I know you, like me, have layers and we are complicated beings uh, but the key is, are all of the different layers and aspects of myself truth, right? Are they really authentic so that the me that I show up with at, at work or the me I show up in my family life, the me I show up in my friendship circle, um, are those coming from a place where I am honoring the truth of who I am? Yes. So that first one is tuning in to ourselves and showing up for ourselves in beautiful ways because that allows me to then bring to someone else that honesty, that care, and that groundedness. And the next thing I think it is so important as we think about different types of relationships is realistic expectations. And when I say realistic expectations, some people get the idea that it like, am I asking for too much? 
And it's not a matter of if you're asking for too much, it is who are you expecting that from? Because sometimes we have in our minds who we want people to be, but that's not who you're dealing with. So you want to really take a look at the people who are in your life, who you are either trying to create relationships with or build relationships with, and then to make uh, myself clear about this is who they're telling me they are. This is who they're showing me they are. And so if that does not resonate with me, instead of me trying to change them, I may need to shift, right? I may need to shift instead of trying to make someone in my image, in my likeness, in my expectation that I have to say, if this is how this particular friend is, right? This is who they are. So I'm either going to accept them as they are, or if I really feel like what I need or want out of a friend, they are either unwilling or incapable of giving me, then perhaps that's not where I want to invest all of my friendship time. Yes? So it is unhealthy for us to keep expecting and wanting people to be something they are not. And sometimes uh, we uh, have a goal of changing people. And so in, in those instances, I may not actually like this person. I like who I think I can make them, right? And that is problematic. So I invite you to take a look at the different people that you interact with and what is the truth you have seen over time about who they are and how they want to be, right? So when I think about family members, you all know your aunties or your uncles, you know how they are, right? So it would be a setup for disappointment for me to go spend time with them on the holidays and put all my hopes and dreams of them showing up differently, right? When in most cases, people are consistent. Transformation is possible, but people have to want it and work for it. And often uh, people have revealed to us how they are going to be toward us. And so uh, if they are going to be transformed, let that be a pleasant surprise, as opposed to time after time, me expecting something that is not realistic from the people I am dealing with. So you have a sense of who your coworkers are, how they roll, how they respond. You have a sense of who your parents are or your children are. Uh, you have a sense of who your partner is. And so sometimes we are holding out hope for someone to be drastically different than who they have been and who they have even said they want to be. Yes. And so when we uh, continue to try to remake people, it uh, sets us up for disappointment. And it is also frustrating for the person because they recognize they are unacceptable to you. Yes. And so if I am going to, uh, you know, in your friendship circle or in your relationship circle, People come with different dynamics. They come with different interests, different personalities. And so uh, can I be at home 
with our differences, right? Can I be at home with our differences without needing you to uh, be a replica or a duplicate of me? Yes. And that frees us up so much and people can become free in our presence when they know they are accepted as they are. And you also um, are freer as a friend when you're in the presence of people where you don't have to pretend, where you can talk the way you really talk, where you can think that you can share without having to censor. And so uh, we want to, number one was tune into ourselves, come home to ourselves and not erase ourselves within our relationships. Number two was we want to have realistic expectations to be able to accept who people are. And if it is unacceptable who someone is, then you need to make space accordingly, create boundaries accordingly, right? So um, there are people that you, you know, you may just work with. So someone can be a coworker, but we're not good friends, right? They can be a coworker and I don't go to lunch with them um, because I don't enjoy it. Yes. So, uh, but if I am going to foster a deeper relationship with someone, there needs to be um, a foundational level of acceptance. And it doesn't mean that I like everything someone does or they have to like everything I do. But, you know, at the at the core, at the foundation, at the base uh, that I accept, respect, enjoy, appreciate this person. Right. And I want to continue to build this relationship and build our time together. All right. The next important thing is communication. And this is so important for healthy relationships. Uh, and we say it all the time, whenever people give relationship advice, they talk about communication, um, but it is so important because one of the things that may not have been raised for you before or highlighted to you before is that we all come with different assumptions, right? And just based on our life experience, we can assume that everybody is going to be on the same page, Right. Or because we agree about this or because we love each other or like each other, then surely, you know, we're going to want the same things. We're going to go about it the same way. We're going to have the same priorities. And that's not necessarily the case. So this uh, lack of communication and operating with assumptions can create a lot of uh, conflict. And the conflict is often unaddressed, unspoken and can uh, escalate, can blow up over time. And some of us are avoidant, so we don't like there to be um, a disagreement. So you're not speaking about something. Well, if you don't say you don't like it on the first or second date, and now it's a year in, two years in, five, 10 years in, and the person is still thinking you're okay with something you're not okay with, then you really uh, are in a pit, right? Emotionally in a pit. And so we want to uh, really push past that avoidance tendency so we can actually open up and communicate. And sometimes we want people to read our minds based on assuming they think like us, right? So I hear this all the time. 
where people will say, well, if it was me, I would have done this or I would never have done that. Well, the truth is that person is not you, right? They're not you. So it may not have even occurred to them, right? They didn't read between the lines. And yes, of course, it would be nice if, you know, someone just knew you so well, they could always guess correctly what you wanted. But that just is not how adulthood works. It's not how life works. And so instead of setting the friendship up for failure, where you're wanting people to know things you didn't say and then getting mad because they didn't know it, let's just prevent that. Let's prevent uh, going down that path and start to share more. Now, of course, in order to share what I like and what I don't like, I have to actually know myself, right? So that goes back to number one, uh, being connected with me, right? With my needs, my desires, my wants, uh, my dislikes. So once I know those things, I can share them. And a part of communication is also affirmation, right? Sometimes we only think about communicating the problems or the issues, uh, but for us to really think about what do you like, love, appreciate, respect about this person, and to really be sure that we share it. Because oftentimes we'll say, oh, well, they know it. If I didn't like them, I wouldn't hang out with them. Um, but it is powerful to put it into words. We want to show it with our behavior, um, but we also want to speak it. And then uh, really taking the time for communication. Some people are either always engaged in an activity, which is not the same thing as really sharing, we're sharing space, but maybe not sharing our thoughts. Um, and we may be doing life together, but not really sharing what we are feeling, what we are hoping, what we are dreaming, what we are fearing even, yes? So taking time for the communication. And then also when we hear that word communicate, we often think about talking but the important part as well, and the important part is listening. You know, being a good listener can make us better friends. Being a good listener will make us a better parent or child. Being a good listener makes you a better sibling, or spouse, or partner. Being a good listener uh, makes you a better coworker friend or community friend. And so really genuinely uh, looking to understand another person's perspective, genuinely taking interest in the things that they are interested in, taking interest in what they feel and what they think, not just waiting to jump in to say my part, right? Many times we're not listening, we're planning our response, right, of what we want to say. And so there is something healing and beautiful about being in relationship with people who really hear you, with people who really desire to understand you and to know you. And so to go along with that, listening is also asking questions, right? To, again, pushing back on assumptions to ask people you know, what they meant or what they want or about their life journey 
before they even met you or about their life journey today, you know, what their day has been like. Um, and we can lose sight of those things, you know, the kind of friends who only uh, want to speak about their concerns or their issues, but never ask you questions. And so to ask about people's interests and opinions and feelings and memories, you know, not in the sense of it being uh, a one-sided interview, right? It's a conversation. So that means, you know, you being willing to share as well. Sometimes when people are getting to know someone, they have a list of questions that they want to ask, but then they're not willing to share. So it is both uh, the, the curiosity, the openness, the interest in the life, the mind, the heart, the spirit of another person, and the willingness to reveal those aspects of yourself as well. And so what are you willing to share? I often mention that there are uh, those of us who can know people a long time and still not really know anything about them, that they can either keep the focus on everyone else or they can give very surface answers. And so if you really want to cultivate deep, long-lasting, intimate, caring relationships, a part of that will mean opening up. And I know for some on the homecoming journey, You may be uh, trauma survivors, you may have dealt with abandonment, you may have social anxiety, and all those things, uh, dealing with uh, racism, sexism, classism, all these things can make it uh, difficult to feel safe enough to share. And I recognize friendship, relationship is a risk, uh, but the reward is I get to actually be known. Versus, you know, if I isolate myself, that can feel safer, but it also keeps uh, me from being able to connect with other people. Yes. So we want to stay true to ourselves. We want to have realistic expectations of accepting who people are. We want to foster communication and talk as well as listen. And then the next part about uh, having good relationships um, is having some flexibility and some flexibility because the reality is if friendships or relationships last over time, it's going to see some changes, right? As individuals, you're going to change and grow. Your interest, your style may change and grow. And so to be willing to meet people in their current manifestation, right? So if you've been friends with someone since high school, and that was many, many years ago, there are going to be some things that are like the truth of them, no matter what, like that's who they are. But then there are also ways that people will evolve, develop, transform. And so uh, to be flexible for someone saying, I'm not really into that anymore, right? Or that's, uh, that's, just not uh, me anymore, or could we, you know, talk in a different way or be open to a new experience? And so that flexibility is actually not only for them, but it's also for you. You know, what another way we can think about it is there can be like 
positive growth, change, and healing, um, but also there can be the challenges of life that are disruptive, right? So, you know, in the midst of COVID, for example, you might not have heard from somebody as much, and it may be that they're overwhelmed, right? Or you're in relationship with someone and they got laid off, so they may be, you know, dealing with depression. And so uh, giving grace and compassion for the life events that change us, that either, you know, uh, wound us or uh, heal us, right? One of the big challenges uh, in relationships is when uh, people go through a loss, right? Go through a death of a loved one, and that can be uh, devastating. And so to be flexible when I say, oh, well, this person, I used to enjoy them because they were like the life of the party, or they are always lifted everybody up, and they have such a good sense of humor, well, you know, they have gone through some things and uh, and they may not uh, be the jokester of the circle in this season. And so can we, are, are we friends enough? Uh, do we care for people enough, enough that when they are in their valley seasons that we still uh, have compassion for them, right? Interest and concern them, not just what they can do for us or a need they feel in us, but to see uh, the need they're in, right? The space they're in. And so having that flexibility. Another important part about uh, being a good friend is how we handle arguments and disagreements, right? So people often call that fighting fair. And so uh, to Really be mindful to keep the issue, the issue, instead of it being an attack on the person, right? So uh, when we face challenges or disappointments, to be able to share how that experience uh, made you feel, right? And um, what you would like, because that is another piece is... Uh, sometimes when we are hurt or angry or disappointed, um, this can go back to the reading of the mind where we want people to know what we need in that moment. And let me just tell you, each of us are different. And so some people, uh, when they say they need space, they really need space to like think and reflect and grieve or decide. And then some people say they want space. But the secret message is they really want you to fight for them, right? Or they really want you to keep showing up, even though they're saying they want space. So we want to be mindful about really sharing not only uh, what has upset us or bothered us, but also sincerely, what would you like, right? Um, and I know sometimes people say, like, I don't know what will fix it, right? I just know I'm upset or I'm mad that this happened. And that's honest as well, to be able to say, I don't know, right? Um, and then it is important um, that we not overgeneralize if this is truly not a pattern, right? That um, sometimes 
you know, someone can do kind things for us. And then um, one, one important day or event, they didn't show up, right? They let us down. So I would not then want to say about this person, you never show up for me, right? Because it's not true, right? It's not true. So um, we want to really focus on what specifically is happening. And I do want to say, I know sometimes with some people there is a pattern, but you just want to be uh, honest in your assessment of that, right? Is it really um, always that they do that? And, and if so, then we need to have a conversation about that, right? About who they are in that space. It may also be that the behavior is communicating something um, uh, about them or about the relationship or about what they actually want, right? And so being uh, thoughtful in our language, uh, not name calling, right? That if I can tell you um, what I feel, I can tell you what an issue is without needing to um, uh, yell or, or throw things or call you out of your name, right? Um, that we want, that is, let me say, when you actually are trying to preserve the relationship, right? So I'm not saying to silence your feelings, but I also want to be mindful. Am I upset about uh, an action or behavior or a lack of an action or behavior, but I want this to be fixed and healed and I want us to be friends again or I want to keep relationship with my sibling or my parent or my partner, right? Then if that's my ultimate goal is to address the issue, then I don't want to blow up the whole relationship, right? Because I will tell you words have power and people remember what we say even when we say, oh, I didn't mean it. I was just upset. Right. So I want to express, you know, the fullness of what I feel about what happened. And at the same time, if I have in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit repair that I, you know, I want us to heal this and still be friends or partners or what have you, then I really want to be thoughtful about the words that I'm using um, to describe the situation. Yes. And so also knowing that uh, some issues um, will can be solved in a conversation of like, I say this and I didn't like when you said that because it made me feel what have you and the person apologizes and then they don't say that anymore and you all kind of move on. There are those kinds of disagreements, um, but then there are those that are not so easy to address that um, persist over time. Um, and then there are some where it is um, this uh, place of compromise or acceptance because we just see things differently, right? That, you know, this is how I would want to do something and this is how you would want to do it. And so if we're going to need to make a decision, then someone is not going to get the outcome they wanted, right? Unless we can find some middle ground. And so then really uh, determining 
Is this something that we can make peace with? Because there are some areas we can have disagreement on and it's fine. Like we just say, you know, my friend just likes this and I just like that, or that's just their way and this is my way and it's okay. And then there are some times where uh, those differences are so either opposite or make uh, one of the people feel so dishonored and disrespected um, that in a lot of ways it can become irreparable. So it's important to reflect. That's why we started with being true to yourself. Can I be true to myself with what this uh, difference of opinion or approach is, or would it require abandoning myself, right? Erasing myself, dishonoring myself. Yes. And so uh, for it, it's a case by case situation of looking what uh, looking at what the issue or disagreement or problem is, uh, because the aim is for us to uh, have wellness, right, for us to affirm and build up and not be uh, in circumstances where either we are deteriorating or we are uh, being destructive toward another person, right? That is not the aim for friendship or for relationship. So we recognize it's a process and the process will often take uh, that communication. It can also take patience and it gets to that core issue of um, is the care, respect, love, and I want to say even compatibility, right? This gets at those issues of, you know, values and priorities for us to be able to maintain this friendship or relationship and to continue to work on it, right? To continue to work on it. Then another important piece about friendships of any type is to uh, keep or to reclaim the joy, right? Some of us, you know, you, you can be in a pit with somebody or be stuck um, in this emotional tension. And so if all of your good memories with a person are from a long time ago, it's going to be hard to sustain it because we got to, we need to keep oil in the tank or water in the well, right? And so what gives it the oil or the water is the joy. And so spending uh, time together, creating new memories, uh, new opportunities, uh, seeing uh, the good, uh, the laughter in life, doing the things that you all enjoy doing together uh, can keep the friendship and the relationship uh, fresh and full and fulfilling. So I know some of you who are on the podcast uh, already have those connections and relationships, and I hope they continue to deepen and grow. And then I know some of you um, are looking for those relationships, and now you can have a sense of what you are looking for and the skills and strategies you want to use to nurture those relationships. And I know some of you who are listening um, are thinking, I could skip this episode because you have given up on people um, because of the hurts of the past. And I understand that as well. And I ask that you just consider planting a seed within yourself that right now is not worth it to you or priority for you, but possibly in the future. 
right? Just possibly. You can side-eye me if you want to. (laughs) Possibly in the future, it might be fulfilling to have a good friend or to be in relationship. But wherever you are on the journey, I'm glad you're here with us. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.